This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Uh, Jacob? Jacob? Jacob Perry? Paging Jacob Perry? I'm here. Uh, could you introduce me to that guy over there? I don't know. He's a, he's a little Hollywood. Uh, he got a bigger head over the during the this last is, week. This is outrageous. This is the way. This is the welcome back I get after after filling in time slots after time slots. Now back with the person I never wanted to leave to begin with. This is the welcome back I get. Larry, I was doing drive time last week uh, talking so with I heard. Yankee manager Aaron Boone. Uh, Morning expect, and afternoon. Yes, I expect <laughs> a certain level of. Uh, you know, attitude to be presented to me here. And this, I, this is not what I'm looking for. But, oh, my gosh, am I happy to be back with you, my friend. That's oh, not what I, I heard. Happy. I heard you what? were just living the life. No. Oh, living. La Vida Loca, Gordon in the true. morning, no. oh, afternoon, drive time, afternoon, voice of the Michael K show. The boys are back on Monday. And I, oh, I thought you were just living. The, I thought you didn't like me anymore. No, I, I didn't ever want to leave. You know, they, 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 you know the, when they present me these schedule things, they ask. But it's almost like when your wife asks, you know, like it, they're asking you a question, but they're not real. They're, they're, they're just telling you this is what you're going to do. And that's what I yes. do. That's I, yes. I like to make everybody happy. You know me, Larry. I bring people together. Yes. But it's great to be back. Reunited, Larry. And it feels so good. If for no other reason, not waking up at four o'clock in the morning. There, so you that's know, that, the real that alone, right? <laughs> That's part, but you were happy in the afternoon. Low three o'clock action was good. What you know? Rest of the evening with the kids and the wife. Dinner on time. Uh, Look, I'm not going to complain. It's it's drive time. It's the dream. Dan Grasso, who I worked with, was fantastic. But no one anywhere is as good as Larry Hardesty. No one. So I am happy to be back with you in whatever time slot we fill. This one, the usual one, an early morning one. If so I, I got hear. Larry, I'm happy. <laughs> so I hear. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> While I was away, thanks. <laughs> speaking, speaking, of, speaking of having no options. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we're together. We'll go down with the ship together, Larry. That's what it's about. Oh, my God. Right. I'm like, oh, my, my life passed before me. I'm like, 5 a.m. again. Yep. Oh no! Yeah, I did. Gordon, I did that for 150 years. <laughs> well, <laughs> look, we're going to be going back, and, and I got to be honest with you. Yes. It was not I did not realize we were on at seven o'clock tonight until about uh, six fifty. Uh, so uh, I'm, oh. I'm happy to be back with you. I'm happy somebody sent a tweet to the station to tell them that. Uh, oh, Larry and Gordon are on it. So I'm like, no, we're I'm not. Sorry, I thought I'm you like, knew. oh, wait a sec. Yes, we are. But it's fair. I'm happy to be back with you, no matter what the time slot, Larry. So Gordon, while I was away. Mm-hmm. On low, low, short vacation. Yes, my granddaughter graduated from uh, kindergarten to first grade. Congratulations! Did a little dance, did a little dance nice. recital on the stage. Of course, you have I, to. I gained a year. I had a birthday while I was away. Happy birthday, my friend! And um, thanks. And um, it beats the know, alternative. It does, but I wish the numbers were going in a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> Much like me looking at the schedule saying, this can't be right. You're looking at your, wait a sec, this can't be right. Yeah, no, I know it's right. Fortunately, <laughs> I know it's right. <laughs> That's the bad part. It's right. And, uh, you know, I had some time with friends. Who wanted, as I mentioned, tuned in a, a couple of moments while in the car and mm-hmm. heard, heard you in the morning and then yep. heard you in the afternoon. So right. I said, well, yep. Gordon's doing good. He's doing good. But. Gordon, I'm glad you're back because, Gordon, it's a game and a half lead now. Yeah. I don't know what it was when I left, but it was certainly much larger than it is now. And if I had told – you know, I haven't been gone that long. I think it's two weeks. Yeah. But whatever it was two weeks ago, it did not feel nearly – as narrow as this, and it's been a while since it's been as narrow. I mean, probably the first couple. Yeah, I mean, the first couple of weeks of the season, it has not been this narrow. It's it's and for me the rationalization and people say, see Larry, I told you, told you, said don't worry about it. Here was the rationalization for me, Gordon. It's very simple. You can't worry about the Braves until you play them. Okay, what they do, they do. Your job is to win as many games as possible, win series when you can, and they've pretty much done that. To, to a certain extent that they've been able to win series and they've been able to, you know, occasionally had a split that, you know, you can't win all your series. So they've been able to do some things, but Atlanta just has not lost. So this series is as big of a series as you can have in July as possible. Why? Well, there's several reasons. First of all, the pitching matchup tonight, 
Gordon, this is why Steve Cohen paid Max Scherzer all this money. It's for games like tonight. I sound a little bit like you talking about Garrett Cole, right? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but this is why you brought him here. There's no DeGrom. This is your ace. He is the guy, and he pits greatest last outing. So this is the guy that you want. And Freed has been outstanding for Atlanta. He's won his last nine decisions, Gordon. He's been almost unhittable. So this is what you this is this is the game that the Mets have to have. Because Peterson afterwards and Bassett, who has not been Bassett for about a month. When we come on the air Wednesday night, Gordon, this team, the Mets could be a second place team. Yeah, uh, that, that is a possibility. I think if you can get at least one of them here in Atlanta, not that you want to lose this series, but if you can get this one tonight, this is the key one, as you said, right? Because then all of a sudden you're just talking about a split to be able to win the series. And if you, even if you win tonight, there's no way that you leave this series not in first place. So that that's the way I would look at it. You know, look, on the bright side – for the Mets, you're still 20 games over 500, I know, and you've done amazing? that without any Jacob Degrom at all, and you've done it with very, very little Max Scherzer. So you know, unlike last year where you you know the Mets collapsed down the stretch, they had the good record mainly because of Jacob. De- well, maybe not mainly, but a big part of it was how he pitched. You had him to build up that that record. This year, you haven't had him at all to build up that record. And you mm-hmm. think you're going to eventually get him back here at some point, and tonight you have Max Scherzer on the mound. That's the good news. The bad news is the Braves are ahead of where they were at this time last year. They mm-hmm. still weren't a 500 team at this time last year, and that has to concern you. But look, the beauty of this is the Mets or the Braves will win this division probably because of how the Mets or Braves play against the other team. you got mm-hmm. 15 games against them. I think 10 of them are at City Field. Is that right? Maybe it's Something 10. Like is, that, yeah. yeah, I mean, 10 of them is at one place. So, I mean, that's a big that's a big swing there if it's at home, if it's on the road. But, uh, look, you haven't really gotten a chance to take a look at the Braves. You'll get a chance to look at the Braves a whole bunch in this second half, and, and it starts tonight with this game down in Atlanta. Concerns for me. Pete Alonso on the last homestand, 125. Uh, Eduardo Escobar on the last homestand, Last homestand, .063. Uh, these are guys who, uh, Lindor on the last homestand, 222, but he picked up a couple of games later in the homestand. Um, McNeil, 182 in the last homestand. These are the concerns, Gordon. And we've always talked about the Mets are going to need an arm in the bullpen. The Mets are going to need an arm in the bullpen. Yeah, they are. Gordon, they're also going to need another bat. Uh, they're going to need another bat to help you know, take some pressure off Alonzo in that order and Sterling and Sterling Marte in that order because, you know, when these guys don't hit, I mean, Connor had been good. He, he's not the same hitter he was early. So they're going to need another bat to, to support this lineup. Yeah, and not having McNeil for this series is not exactly ideal timing there. It is what it is. You know, not having Marte here uh, tonight at least, uh, mm-hmm. not, not, not ideal, but it is what it is. You know, to me, you know, just looking from afar – Pete Alonso has been great. I understand what you're saying. He's kind of slumped here a little bit. You, you expect him, a player as good as him, to kind of pick things up here before too long. For me, if I'm looking at it, the guy who I would be saying, you know, we need more out of you is Francisco Lindor. Lindor yeah, has absolutely. been a disappointment since he got here. You know, he had some some moment. He's had some moments, but you know, when you're when you make a deal like that for what you think is one of the top ten players in baseball, you would think two years in. There's going to be stretches where he carries you. He was supposed to kind of be the catalyst for this team. And I'm not saying he hasn't done anything, but he hasn't been a catalyst. There's mm-hmm. not been any point where he's been a catalyst. And other guys have been kind of, yeah. you know, kind of carried you at different points, big hits, big plays. Uh, he, he's done a fine job at shortstop. Overall, his numbers don't look that bad. But when you're paying $34 million, the movie review isn't supposed to say on the movie poster, it's not that bad. It's supposed to be, <laughs> this is unbelievable. We couldn't. Li- where would we be without this guy? And he has not been that player so far since he's been here. And if he wants to turn around the narrative, because the, the narrative is going to find him. As good as the Mets have been yeah. this year, he's kind of floated by because, you know, you're winning these games, you're not going to... You're not going to hammer anybody because you're 20 games over 500 and you got a 10 and a half game lead. If he wants to avoid the narrative of "Hey, dude, you are you are letting us down," this would be a good time to do it. This would these three games. He needs to kind of put his stamp here on these three games. And there's one player, Gordon, who is in this series, who I am not 
even worried a little bit about. You'll hear from him next on 98.7 ESPN. This is like, <laughs> this is what uh, Bill Belichick used to do, right? He, he trades for your guy and then he either he trades for him or he picks him up and he, he plays him after a week of just going through rating him for all your plays and all the stuff you do and everything like that. And then you put him in the lineup in the game and he maybe plays a little bit, but he's gotten all the information you had. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it feels like a George Steinbrenner kind of move back and then you're getting ready to face off against the division rival and they make a trade for a guy that you got rid of. Um, the, the thing is that Robinson Cano is just, it doesn't seem like he's a very good baseball player anymore. No. Uh, it wasn't that case for, when he was playing with the Mets, it certainly didn't improve when he went out there to San Diego, even in a limited time. So, um, look, he's still, you know, he's still Robinson Cano. Maybe could he come up with a big hit tonight? Maybe, but um, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be all that concerned about him. And I'm not. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's why I told you. You know, listen. If he if he plays, he plays. You know, you can't worry, Gordon. You can't worry about that. Your focus, if you're the Mets, is just find a way to win this game. Because this yeah. is the game you got to have. You need the first game in this series, and and find a way for your own team to score. You you got exactly. more than enough concerns getting somebody on your team to score a run. Exactly. So that's that's where the focus has to be, not on 38, 39 year old Robinson Cano at this point. Not at all. And one quick thing before we go to the phones, Gordon, why why does why does Degrom do this to me? Please please, an, please answer me. Why does he do this to me? What what did he do to you? All I want is for him. To occasionally touch a hundred, just occasionally, just to just Can't to show, it. just to show that okay, the arm, the shoulder's fine, ninety's okay. What did Doc Gooden tell uh, Rosenberg and LeGrecker on the show on the K show earlier today? 94, 95 on the black is good. It's good. Why is it over? Why is it seven, eight pitches at a hundred and a hundred and one, Gordon? Why? Why? He uh, clearly wants to just aggravate you. Well, look, I mean, he, he's been throwing hard here since his return. Hopefully it's it's going to be a sign of things to come. You know, he's going to make the, the next start in AAA. I think it's on Thursday. Yes. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had any setbacks since he started throwing. He's yes. ramping up. You'd like to yes. – and, and he, you know, it's not like he is – the velocity is, is still there. Yes. And you're hoping it's going to still be there through 50 pitches this time, I think is the number that was thrown out there. So – we shall see. I guess he's just built that way, Larry. He, he just can't throw any saw. He just can't do it, Larry. He has to throw as hard as humanly possible. And I would say, like, if, if this rehab start is about getting him uh, up to speed for the major leagues, he's going to be doing this in the majors, so I guess he probably shouldn't be throwing 94-95 down there. I guess if you're going to be throwing at 100, let's find out right now if it's sustainable. For me, and this is just me, for me, the this coming start on Thursday, mm-hmm. that's when I want to see the hundred one hundred and one. Can you ramp up? Can you build up to no. that, Gordon? Can, can why do you first first outing is throwing hundred? Why? 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 Can he, you save the shoulder? Can you save it? You haven't pitched in a year. Can you relax? He, when he gets on a treadmill, Larry, he hits eight right away. You know, he he, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't start in a walk. He doesn't start with you know a light jog. He hits full speed right out of the box. Uh, I guess that's just the way it's going to be. I mean, if he had pitched in 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 uh, within a year, I'd be okay with it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, just... I I hear what you're saying. I'm just trying to give you devil's advocate because I agree with you. I, I wouldn't be okay. I'd be fine with him just throwing, you know, easing into it. I like to ease into my day. I'd have no problem <laughs> with him easing into his day, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. No, it doesn't. Spike is in St. Pete. Spike start us off on ESPN in New York tonight, early edition. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Well, let me reiterate it to you again. Well said, Gordon. You were very good with Dan. I I called him one time. I'm good everywhere, Larry. I'm good with everybody. Even with, you know, Larry, if it's Dan. I'm good everywhere, Spike. I don't know what to tell you. No, no, I I totally agree. You know that. But I made a comment when I called them, Larry, and I said, you guys seem to be getting along and uh, kind of got a, a dead laugh on it. But the dancers are very good. You're all good. You're all good. Some, listen, I told you yesterday, Larry, when I welcomed you back, uh, and Gordon, for your information, Larry and I went to the same college at different times, and there's another guy that played, starred at the college, just my best friend, who played basketball there, as Larry did. So my, he's a crazy Mets fan. Gordon, he's crazy. 
See, three times he called me today. What does he say? Why does the Grom have to throw that way? And I went over with Larry yesterday. I said he doesn't leg drive like Seaver or Ryan or Verlander. He's almost oh, – I saw Koufax pitch. He went over him, but – the Grom has this whip-like motion. I just think the ball comes off his arm. I don't. I don't think he could slow it down. It's crazy as it sounds. But didn't he one year throw two thirds of his pitches over 100 miles an hour, or two thirds of the ones in the majors? But anyway, yeah, look, it was last when year when he was hurt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, look, I think he got hurt when he was swinging one time. Remember, he started off that year and was hitting everything. But anyway, let me leave you with this. I I think this is why he got the uh, shirts. Tonight, I expect 18 to 21 outs, uh, the run or less. And uh, the Mets are a little bit of a disadvantage, but uh, so are the Braves. You know, so are the Braves. I, I think the Mets are, uh, this is their game. Put it in the bank tonight and then uh, take your shot because you're missing a couple of key players. Look forward to listening to you, boys. All right, Spike. Thanks for checking in. It's, uh, no, he's right. That's what you want to do. This, Like I said, Gordon, this is the game you need. You need the first yeah. one. Sets the tone. Um, it, it would be it would be nice. It would it would allow you to kind of relax a little bit if you could ever relax uh, in a game, you know, in a series against the, your main division rival. Um, and you, you got Max Scherzer on the mound tonight. This is, as you said, this is the reason why you brought him in here. Uh, so we shall see. I mean, in, in terms of the Degrom stuff, I, I guess the only benefit is I'd rather know now, right? Like if it's yeah. gonna. You know, the idea is you're going to not just get him back, but he's going to stay healthy for the rest of this season. Because if he doesn't stay healthy at any point, you'd have to assume his season is over, right? Mm-hmm. Like if he has any setbacks at any point or any more injuries, with the amount of time it has taken him from spring training to get up to speed by the time he gets back, you're, you're probably going to get him back with one start to go before uh, the trade deadline. I mean, he's still not he, – the next time out, he's throwing 50 pitches. You're going to have to get him up b- above that before he, he's ready to start a major league game. So I guess the Mets thinking is let's throw it all out there and see where it lands and, and, and ride it for as long as it can go. But I can understand your point, and I agree with your point, that I feel a little bit better if there was a little bit of a, of a ramping up rather than right out there right away, 102, let's go. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's just only because of me – and only because I'm paranoid because he's he's been hurt so often, Gordon. The last thing I need for him to do is to come once again, come this far, and then get to a start, and then here we go again. There's soreness. There's this, and you can't help but wonder if they keep doing the same thing after each rehab. Why do they keep doing the same thing if it happens? Well, it it doesn't seem like he had. I know he had Tommy John surgery before in his career, but mm-hmm. that was a long time ago. And it just seems like ever since he's been throwing this this hard, uh, and, and you know, being the guy in baseball who's the, I mean, you'd have to say the hardest thrower in the sport in terms of starting pitching, mm-hmm. he keeps coming down with these these injuries. And again, yeah. it, last year it was not just the one thing; it was it was three separate things. And then spring training this year. He went out there and and right away had another issue, which has kept him out since March. I mean, we're now in we're now mid July and he's still not back. I, I don't know when that injury happened in March. If you would have told me, okay, when is he going to be back? I would have thought he would have been back by now. Yeah. yeah, and and it wasn't like the when he won the Cy Young in 2018. I don't think he was throwing this hard, he and he was still awesome. He still led the league yeah. in ERA that year. So. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need to throw that. That's I think that's what the frustrating part is. He doesn't. He's so great. He doesn't need to throw this hard. Yeah. And since he's been throwing this hard, he has continually gotten hurt. Yeah. I mean, save it. Save it for when you need. You know, it's nice to know you have that bullet, right? And in a big spot, bases loaded. You know, two out, three two pitch. Give me the one oh two. That's when I need it. I don't need it in the rehab start. Now, look, I understand. Once again, it has to. Be, you have to see. How, how it works, you have to see how your arm you got through all your pitches. I got that. All, my only point is the first the first outing did not have to be 102. Okay? this The second one, okay. The third one, okay. The first one, and then you just keep on going. I mean, you know, but what do I know? What do I know? Well, I will say this. What you know is that when he was doing this in spring training a year ago, not this year, a year ago, you said, I'm not crazy about that. And it just so happened to be the year he got hurt three times and didn't pitch after July. Because, you know, it's just something, just, it just wasn't right, Gordon. It yeah, just wasn't I right. I hear you. I hear you. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This 
is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. You're listening to an early edition of ESPN New York Tonight. Hardesty and Damer here on 98.7 ESPN. We'll get to the calls in a second. But, Gordon, it's an interesting discussion, and it was an interesting discussion as I was listening to the guys. And and the callers as well discuss uh, what what players deserve to have their numbers retired. Now, this is... This is nothing like the Yankees situation where you guys are running out of numbers. We <laughs> start retiring letters next. Yeah, you know you're running out of numbers to retire. And I, I was, it's interesting how a couple of the callers really held the substance abuse issues that Gooden and Strawberry had against them for having their number retired. You know, so that was interesting for me. Um, I think they should have their numbers retired as a Met for what they contributed. As a Met, and they both won a title with the Mets. Yeah, and it's not like the it's not like the the, the Mets are an organization that's got countless titles. I mean, no. they haven't had one since then. So I can understand people being, I, I guess, maybe a little hesitant. Uh, I, I just took away the the takeaway I had from the weekend was that it's nice to now have uh, the Mets have an owner who actually appreciates the Mets and is not trying to do everything about the Brooklyn Dodgers and Sandy Koufax and all these type of stuff. So. Uh, I would think that more Mets are going to um, end up getting their numbers retired here. Uh, I think the next one probably will be David Wright. Mm-hmm. But there has to be a time where Doc and – I mean, they're they're part of your history. Yeah. The good and the bad, um, yeah. I think that, that that deserves to be recognized. I mean, Carter should get his number retired. I mean, Gordon, for me, uh, the great – the people who were dominant – who were a major part of your World Series should have their numbers retired. And and that was part of an era where, which as a Met fan was just like, wow, it was sustainable success. Like you were constantly in a pennant race, you know, whether it was, you know, whether you had the Cardinals or, or the Phillies or who it was, or even though you lost in 88 to the Dodgers uh, because Oral Hershiser was throwing scoreless innings, um, you still, I mean, you know, Listen, David Cohn. I have no problem retiring David Cohn's number for what he was able to do with that team. So, you know, for guys who are able, who have been major players on that team during the success, I think you should consider having them. And for me, Gooden and Strawberry and Carter, those were major guys who 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 were who were a main reason why that team was successful. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like Keith Hernandez was the first piece, and, and it was almost like Gary Carter was the last piece, right? Yeah, like that's exactly. what got you over the hump. I, I can see maybe Carter not being as 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 prominent, you know, and moving him to the the, the front of the line because he did only play five years. But as mm-hmm. you said, was part of a championship. Mets haven't won a championship since then. Um, I have no problem with any of those, you know, Carter, Doc, and Darrell, uh, David Wright. You know, I think yeah, that those are all guys that you, you know, deserve to be honored. They're, they're your stars, your organization. So it's nice that now the Mets have an owner who's not going to. It seems like the Mets had this, this theory that you had to make the Hall of Fame before you got your number yeah. retired. That doesn't make any sense. Getting your no. number retired is to, for any player, is not going to be as big as making the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame is a greater accomplishment, and I think the, the number retirement is a is is more for somebody who's maybe not at that level, or at least it's arguable that they're at that level. Um, and and you get to have your fans, you know, say goodbye to that player and 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 recognize them for their accomplishments for your franchise. Yeah, no question about it. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's head back to the phone. Simon's in New Haven. What's up, Simon? I want to make my comment about uh, Joey Gallo. Can I uh, explain something about what, what it is with Jacob DeGrom? Because I know the Mets are always critiquing us uh, Yankee pitchers, so let me, uh, let me tell you what, what, what it is. See, the Mets have a, uh, a guilty uh, habit. They're so fond of overpraising their players. You know, like with DeGrom. You make this guy out like he's a god. He's not. See, Mariano Rivera he's was a hall of, he, because he's he pitched for a team He's going to be a Hall that, of Fame pitcher, Simon. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. I, I know. know he but if he keep, never comes back, he's going to the Hall of Fame. He's won two Cy Youngs. I know, but you, you keep putting all the overpraising. You put all this pressure on him. I mean, he knows he's a good pitcher. He knows he's a Cy Young pitcher. But the more pressure you put on the guy, the guy just seems like he gets Simon, hurt. Simon, what a pressure lot. are we putting on him? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you want, like, you want to what be pressure? a thousand times better. No, I just want to be the best be pitcher in baseball when he left the game. I mean, yeah, I the last time he pitched, he was the best pitcher in baseball. Now, now about uh, Joey Gallup, we got to get rid of him. 
I'm sorry. So, for what? Simon, we got to get rid of For who? Stop. 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 For who? He is the Gordon, ninth I know you don't like place, to hear this, but I'm he's sorry. He's a ninth place hitter who plays part-time on the team. Who, who's clearly not going to be on the team. They'll get rid of him. There's this idea, oh, we got to get we got to get rid of him. We got to why? Why do we have because to get rid of him? Because he stinks. Okay. Because I mean, I mean, okay, he, he's he stinks. So we're, we're in agreement I mean, that he stinks. Do you think that the that that's news to the Yankees that he stinks? Well, they know he stinks, but okay. But, you know, no, so do you think the, that the he is going he keeps to still playing be him? Here? Though Boone keeps playing him sometimes. Yeah. Well, he's on the team right now, and the team is still what 30, 30 something games over five hundred. So it's not re- it's not really a pressure to get rid of Joey Gallo at the no. at the moment. Mm-mm. I mean, because I, I know I know, but he, he he's like I he's, he stinks. This team. he's terrible. I, Larry, was I ever a fan of Joey no. Gallo? Even when he ever. came, you didn't want him. I didn't want him <laughs> at the you moment. Know, you know, I, I've been ahead of the. I've been driving the bus on this. But this idea the that they got to get him off the team in the next twenty-four hours is a little ridiculous. You sound ridiculous. They'll get you, you rid of him. I, I don't, don't worry. Them. They'll get rid of him. He's not going to. He's already not playing Simon. important Thanks for games. The phone call. They're already yeah. not giving him a back. No. They're putting Matt Carpenter out in the outfield to, exactly. so that they don't have to play Joey Gallo. <laughs> Joey Gallo's not going to be a problem. No, he's not. If the Yankees was, don't win the World Series this year, it's not going to be because of the part-time ninth hitter right now on the team. You know, and, and listen, whenever they decide to play Let's Make a Deal for Ben Intende, he'll be here. <laughs> I would think that they, yeah. I mean, He's actually, here. You, if you're a Yankee fan, you should want Joey Gallo to stink. Yeah. You should. You don't want him to get a hot streak because Mm-mm. then the Yankees might, well, you know what, maybe he's turning around. Maybe he just we'll took keep a little, him. No, you want him to ki- continue to be terrible. I'm choking here, Larry, because I'm so frustrated <laughs> Yankee, you, you, you guys are 30-whatever games over 500, and you still can't. The first call we take about the Yankees is about Joey Gallo. I mean, guys, mm-hmm. settle. Settle down. It's fine. They're not going to have Joey Gallo. They're already showing you. Forget about what they say. They're showing you Joey Gallo is not going to be a, an issue. He's no. not going to be here. No, not going to be here. John John's in Harlem. What's up, John John? Hey, what's up, Larry? Gordon, how you doing tonight? John John, what's going on, pal? How's everything? Um, real quick on the Joey Gallo thing. It ain't all about batting average. He might be a good clubhouse guy. So maybe that's why they keep it on to him. But to he the must be the topic, most amazing clubhouse guy everywhere because he stinks, uh, well, John. I have to be well, honest. We, how long we had, yeah, you're right. But how long we had Brett Gardner? Now, come on. Go. Let's be real. Well, He's Gardner. no Brett Gardner. <laughs> Listen, he was love Brett Gardner he was right now. He was Brett Gardner. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, he was a bad look, too. But um, I really want to talk about the Knicks. Um, we talked about it last year. The Knicks need a point guard. You see what happens when y'all keep crying for a point guard? We didn't need one. We got a real overpriced midget, right? John, no John, who said intended. we didn't need a point guard? Who said who we didn't need a point guard? No, y'all kept railing that we yeah, need we a kept point guard. Yeah, we do. Kept pointing out the yeah. obvious, yes. Yeah, no, no, how, no, dare no, not, no. how dare we point All right. these things out? Uh, don't come up real quick, right? Uh-huh. So what is Deuce McBride? I'm not even looking at the summer league because I've been watching the Knicks and NBA basketball not as long as Larry, but over 40 years. I've seen Isaiah Thomas. I've seen all those generations of great point guards, right? Mm-hmm. It's a certain thing they have. Mm-hmm. Brunson is only there because of nepotism and cronyism. Let's keep it real. Nobody else would have signed him. To, not even Dallas, 100 mil. We know it's the Brunson effect. He was His father was Tom Thibodeau's, I mean, Leon Rose's first uh, client. The son is uh, Jalen Brunson's client. Like, come on, man. It's a waste of money. John, John. It's a waste John, of time. He was going to get a sizable Keep contract. He wouldn't have gotten the contract listening. he got with the John, Knicks, John. but he was going to get another. He was going to get a monster deal after was, the season no. that he had. He was going to make more money, John, John, just based on his performance last season. Not a hundred million. Not a hundred million. That's my Dallas point. Was so we need him. Million. Is it really that much of a difference? <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb right now, y'all. I'm going to go out on a limb right now. Mm-hmm. I am going to say I'm the first one. I'm going to beat Stephen A to it. Mm-hmm. McGrath, Grimes, IQ, yeah. and Deuce is going to maul him in practices. They're going to maul great. him. That's good. No, make it no it's not great. It's not great. It's not what? great because, for one, we did not need him. See, it's well, a difference did, of – Wait a minute. Like, John, John, hold it, hold it. Who was yeah, going to play on, point I'm guard? Here. I got all day, Larry. Who was huh? going to play point guard? Larry, Who Larry, was going to play Larry, point guard? Larry, It wasn't me. Larry, you could call him my really name. I wasn't that? playing point guard. Uh, <laughs> Who was playing point Larry, guard? But, 
Larry, don't do that, Larry. That's what, and that's what I tell Nick fans on social media. By the way, I'm starting my own podcast it's called the Dr. Nick and Son oh, Podcast. John, can I, you answer my question before you do your own I show? Sure am. I, <laughs> no, no, I, <laughs> y'all quick on the cutoff, man. I have to get that no, in. No, you're still talking. I'm trying to get an All answer. Right, so listen, who's going to play point guard? Yes. Again, I'm going on a limb. Go ahead. IQ is better than Jalen Brown. I'm not being surprised by that. Two games in the Dallas series when Wichita was not there. He got okay. shut down against Stephano. So his, his, so his career John, up John, to date was question. not worth a hundred million. I heard what you said, oh. John. John, let me ask right. you this question. Okay, yeah. is Tom Thibodeau going to play IQ enough for him to have stats as good as Jalen Brunson? Two triple. Oh, Larry, this is this. You setting me. You setting it up, Larry. Real nice. Come on, two triples in the last two double two triple doubles in the last five. We're not going to wash that away, and then. We're not going to blow up. Wait, wait, wait. wait. We're going to now pump up IQ because he had two triple doubles when the Knicks season was over since December. I mean, seriously? This is is the problem. See, this is the problem I have with New York sports people. This is the problem I have with the sports talk guys. This is what I have with clues. Why, because we have a difference of opinion? Not, we're, not we're allowed not to have a difference of opinion. There's not a single person who would think that Jalen Brunson is not overpaid. I have not heard That's, a single do person Bill, say. Bill, Bill Simmons, your colleague. Look on him. I didn't even need him to tell me that. I didn't even need him to tell me that. I know basketball. 40 years, man. Like 40. You Every get it? single I was person has said that Jalen Brunson is overpaid. <laughs> yeah, Every single person huh? who yeah. has talked about that deal has talked about how it's – but, I mean, if you, if you only spend man. reasonable money in free agency, you're not going to ever sign anybody. You're never going to sign anybody. Again, and the Knicks, you know and the Knicks need, last year stunk. No, 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 yeah, no. They did. Not they our stunk. point cards. No. Yeah, they stunk. Grimes made the, they stunk. Grimes, Grimes cracked the rotation so he messed oh up his God. leg. Don't. Let's be, let's be real. Jim, Larry, can we take more Joey Gallo calls? Can we take more <laughs> Joey? No, 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 let me get one last Joey thing Gallo. Let me get one last more thing than enough time. Thanks for the phone call. Man. No. I mean, I mean. Uh, what, what have you done with this place, Larry, since I left? <laughs> I mean. Wow. What is going on tonight? Are we losing our minds? The Knicks I mean, stunk last year. I haven't been awful. gone that long. Have people they forgotten this already? And IQ was not great at the point guard spot because when he played the point guard spot, he didn't shoot. He was too busy trying to get everybody else involved that took away from his game. He, he may grow into being a guy that can play both sides of the ball, Gordon, you know, where he can dribble and he could pass and get involved in his game. But listen, the year that Jalen Brunson had afforded him the opportunity to make money. Why are people so upset at what athletes make? You could argue that there are. I could sit here and tell you that uh, Max Scherzer is overpaid. $44 million a year? Yeah. To pitch every fifth day? And he was off a month? I mean, well, Gordon. <laughs> I mean, as I said, if you only make reasonable signings and free agency, you'll always come in third. You're never going to sign anybody. And it was pretty clear that the Knicks have needed a point guard. And yeah. if you ask Tom Thibodeau, clearly he thought he needed the point guard. Yeah, and he wasn't playing the ones he got on his roster. Right. So yeah. you can talk about Grimes and you can talk about McBride. I like Grimes. I like about, IQ. but I like both of them, but he's not playing them. And he's a guy that loves veterans. So remember, we told you, when you got this guy, you got a guy who loves veterans. Doesn't like to play young kids a lot. So whether he was overpaid, underpaid, or whatever you think, He's going to go with the veterans. And that's why you have a veteran in Jalen Brunson. Simple as that. Let's go back to the phones. Anthony's back in the mail truck. He joins us next on 98.7. Hey, Larry Gordon. What's going on, fellas? Anthony, what's going on, pal? Everything good? Good. So I, uh, I wanted to talk you guys off the ledge a little bit. I know, Gordon, you were joking before, you know, listening about the Joey Gallo calls. Oh. They just got to stop, Yankee fans. We all just got to stop, okay? He, I, I, I'm, that's, that's all I'm talking about, Joey Gallo. That's it. I, I, don't, even, I don't want my head to hurt. Um, anyway, to get back to my Yankees point, I think the Yankees need a starter, and the reason why they need a starter, and before I go on this you know, yeah. little tyrant rant, I know you guys you know, got a long show. Um, I just want to say I am not – in any way, shape, or form complaining about this season because this season is outstandingly, terrifically, I can't even think of any adjectives. Um, But they need a starter, and they need one quick because Tyone's going into uncharted territory. Cortez is already in in the waters. 
Um, we don't know how Severino's going to be, you know, going through the rest of the season. So I think they got to buy low on Luis Castillo. Um, and, you know, I don't really like the fact of Frankie Montas, but if that's the only starter that they can get and Castillo goes elsewhere, you know, I'm fine with it. But they also have Herman coming back. They have Loisga coming back. They just got Chapman back, and, and it, I wish he'd never came back. Um, and, I, you know, I just I, I wanted to hear your thoughts, fellas. Thanks again. I'm glad you guys are on early, and have a good rest of your show. Thanks, Ant. Well, I mean, yeah, the Yankees, I think we've kind of known for a little while that starting pitching could be an area that they want to add to for the for the reasons that you mentioned about the innings and you know you don't want guys to be burned out but I think what you've seen and from the the series against the Red Sox and I guess the series against the Astros to a certain degree as well is who do you feel comfortable right now in the Yankee rotation throwing in a game three scenario? I think obviously Cole is going to be your ace. He's going to start game one. Severino has shown me enough, assuming that he is healthy, that he will start game two. I feel fine with those two. But do you have another guy on your roster that you say, all right, game three, we need, you know, it's a, it's a 1-1 series and we need a big game three performance. I don't know that you feel comfortable at this point with Tyone or with Cortez, maybe Montgomery, maybe that's the case. But, you know, Ken Rosenthal actually had a great article for The Athletic today where he was talking about the Yankees in 98. As great as they were, uh, uh, Brian Cashman was actually in talks to require Randy Johnson at that point. Mm-hmm. Because you can, never, you can never have enough of anything. So that, that kind of is in the spot where the Yankees are this year because you know they're going to the playoffs. They're almost certainly going to win the division, and the only goal is to win it all. So whoever the big guy as a starting pitcher, a bat, that becomes available this off, this, uh, this before the trade deadline, there's, there should be no qualms about giving up prospects or taking on money or anything like that. The Yankees should be looking at one goal and one goal only, and that is improving a team that has been excellent so far but is going to have to climb a, a giant mountain come the postseason. No question about it, Gordon. And for me, listen, all you have to do is go back to 09. What'd you guys do? CC, uh, AJ Burnett, Andy Pettit. That was the three man rotation. That's all you did. Yep. <laughs> that was it. Chiming Wan got hurt. You know, he had issues. Jabba Chamberlain was in and out of the bullpen. Phil Hughes, Phil Hughes was in and out of the bullpen. You went with three guys in your rotation because of the way that everything played out with the spacing between games and everything. So I hear what you're saying. I think for me, to be honest, and maybe it's just because, and once again, I'm looking from the outside, I have more confidence in, in Nestor than I have Tyon. I do. Yeah, I, I would put Tyon fifth yeah. of my guys. Now, I mm-hmm. don't know that I have all that much more confidence in, in Nestor because he's never really done it either. So that kind of concerns me. And the, the innings, you know, he's only thrown 93 innings, the most ever mm-hmm. in a season. Uh, but I'm, look, we, we got this season to figure it out, right? Yeah. We got until the trade deadline to figure it out. Now, if he yep. turns things around and, and starts to pitch more like the guy that we've seen most of the first half rather than the last couple of starts, well, then maybe. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it still has to be determined. No and, question and, about And it. I'll say this. I don't know what the pitching market is going to look like, but I don't want to hear a big-name pitcher get traded anywhere. Mm. And then Brian Cashman come out and say, well, you know what? The price was just a little too exorbitant. You know, No, 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 no. You have prospects, and they are there to be traded. They are yeah. there to get – everything is about one goal, and it's about getting back to and winning the World Series. So if that means you have to give up one of your big-time prospects to, to, to add to the rotation, to add a bat – Nobody should be off limits, to, in my eyes, based on, you know, look, I'm not saying to go out and just give up your best prospect for a, for a, for a minor improvement. But mm-hmm. if there's a big-name player that's available, you, A, have to get that guy for your team and uh, keep him away from another team in the, in the process. Mets up one nothing. By the way, Gordon, you, you are 36 games over 500. You have to win the World Series this year. That's, that's, it's the only goal every single year and more so this year. More so this year with the starts you've had. You have dominated Mm-hmm. You've Absolutely. dominated. You have struck. You're five and five in your last ten, and you're still 36 games over 500. Okay, you got to go out and get whatever it takes to win this year. That's what you have to do, Gordon. You are the Los Angeles Dodgers of the past couple of years. Yeah, and, and you look, go and it, win this year. It, if it turns out that the trade deadline is a complete flop and nobody moves anywhere, okay, fine. I'll still feel like it's a lost opportunity. 
But if there's a big name who goes to the Red Sox or the Blue Jays or, mm-hmm. you know, even a team in the National League, I do not want to hear it from Brian Cashman. The goal is it's never been more clear cut. Win the World Series by any means necessary. No question about it. Mets with the bases loaded and one out in the third. Let's go to Eddie in Brooklyn. Eddie, you're next on 98.7. Hey, guys. How you doing this, this evening? Eddie, what's going on, pal? What's going on? Listen, I heard you. I heard um, you were talking about Brunson, right? And honestly, I think Brunson has a lot of potential to become like a great point guard like Jason Kidd if he could stay healthy and get better at his game because now he could be the main focus for us, like bringing the ball and stuff like that. He ain't got to deal with Luka, sharing the ball with Luka, like a lot of how they were sharing the ball. I think I think they got a great deal for their money. All right, Eddie, thanks for the phone call. Listen, as a Knicks fan, I would love for him to be like Jason Kidd. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. That, that will right be the now. steal of the century. I don't care what you – you might tear up the contract and give him more money if he turns out to be Jason Kidd. Absolutely. And I understand what you mean, Eddie, because he was tutored by Jason Kidd the last year over in Dallas. I get it. I understand what you're saying. Uh, but if he turns out to be Jason – oh, please, I, I would be – Gordon. Now, see, Eddie's trying to get us in trouble. Yeah, he is. Because then somebody's going to call, oh, I heard you guys earlier. You're saying he's going to be the next. No, 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 no. That was Eddie who said that. Yeah. yeah right. that, don't, don't blame us. No. We, we just want it to be so. <laughs> it would be great. That would be nice. <laughs> we'll be outstanding. Richard's in Manhattan. What's up, Richard? Hi, Larry Gordon. You know, the Chicago Bulls won two, uh, six championships. They retired two numbers, Michael and Scotty. <laughs> the Mets were lucky to win that one World Series. The ball doesn't go through Buckner's legs, and when they want to retire six or seven guys' numbers, it's kind of funny. You know, a couple of Mets you never hear. Hey, 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 yeah. hey, Richard! Wait a minute. Wait, I, a, wait minute. a second, Richard. I'm the resident Met hater on this show, not you. Oh. Hey, don't don't be <laughs> taking my, my gig. I'm just being practical. I'm pretty yeah. practical. You know, na- names Good you never hear about Met guys uh, retiring numbers. What about Jesse Orozco? Huh? He was pretty yeah. important. He was pretty he was important. important. And what about Rusty Staub, Larry? Probably the best hitter, pure hitter than Mets ever had. Uh, him him, him, him and Hernandez. Him and Hernandez are two great Fellas, hitters. Yes, yesterday's Met game. Yes. If that was a playoff game. Yes. Diaz throws seven pitches in the ninth. Seven. Mm-hmm. Yes. How many strikes did he throw? Five. Five strikes? That would be seven. Seven. Seven strikes. He okay. struck out two batters in the mm-hmm. one pitch. Well, one batter he got out on the first pitch. Seven strikes. If that was a playoff game yesterday, Larry, would he have gone into the 10th inning? Yes. I would think so. He would have gone into the 10th inning. Uh, He would have gone into the 10th inning, Richard, but he would have been on a batter-by-batter count. Yeah, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. But seven pitches, you got to go. Oh, yeah, he definitely. Alcantara. This guy is Bob Gibson. Right? Is this guy wow. this year? Uh, is he Sandy I mean, well, I mean, what are we doing? Richard, Larry, what have you done with this show since I've left? This is like the crazy. This is like Clay. He's not Bob Gibson yet. No, this year, 1.7 ERA. Who has a 1.7 in this day and age? Okay, Larry. The Grom. Okay, but not (laughs) now. He doesn't have 1.7 now. Anyway, okay. Bottom of the fourth, nothing, nothing. You know you're not going to score a lot of runs off this guy. Right. You got first and second, no out, Lindor up, Mm -hmm. and you got Alonzo up after, and you got McNeil up after him. Mm -hmm. Why not attempt one bunt? I, I know Lindor's an RBI guy, but still, he's hitting 240. He's not hitting 260. He's not even hitting 250. The odds of him getting around on Alcantara, very slim. At least try one strike at a, bat, at a bunt. Get it over second and third for uh, Alonzo and Ned McNeil. I think so. That's my thing. When you're going against Alcantara. Anyone other pitcher? No, this guy. You remember the old days, Larry, when Gibson yeah, was pitching? Forget it. You bunted with him. You, you know, I used to see them bunt with hey. two out. No, one out and a man on first. Hey, Richard, you bunted. Yeah. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. You bunted. And then you held your breath because <laughs> you were going to pay because <laughs> so, the next fast forward was coming up in it, up and tight. Little, little, little close shave music for you. But I hear what you're saying. Uh, but listen, Buck has got confidence in his in his shortstop. He's what? Gordon, I saw the stat. But he's one of uh, the first shortstop or one of two shortstops. He's got 60 RBI this year uh, in the league. So, you know, he's, he's your key RBI guy. In that case, you're not going to have your 60 RBI right. guy bunt. And, and if you're if you're saying you're going up against this unbelievable pitcher, why would you give up another out? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Two nothing Mets. When we return, we'll continue the conversation. Plus, we'll turn our attention to the Yankees because Gordon, I, 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 I was for the record. 
I returned yesterday, for the record. I returned yesterday. Somebody asked me why I'm done with this show. Nothing. Yes. I've been on this show. I returned yesterday. Um, I'm blaming you. I've learned from all the other shows that I've been on, Larry. When, when things go wrong, you point fingers. <laughs> did I teach you that? I taught you better no, than that. No, you I did. You but the other shows, that. they've taught me other things. I learned from the other shows. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Now, Gordon, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Earlier in the show, you said you spoke to Aaron Boone. I did last week, yeah. And obviously, he is not familiar with answers with Aaron. He is, if he is, he kept it very well hidden. He did okay. not reference it in any way, shape, or form. Well, he's he's loyal to the original guys. He's loyal to the to the host guys. You know, the guys you. that he speaks to. You know, it's like like mm-hmm. players. You know, he's loyal you. to them. Okay, but just for folks, you know, when when Gordon and I are on, like we'll be on tomorrow night from ten to midnight. We always ask Gordon to. Give us to interpret and predict what Aaron Boone is, how he's going to answer questions in the post game, and he does a tremendous job. This is he does a tremendous job normally. This season, he's been a Hall of Famer. He's been, dare I say, Bob Gibson <laughs> or Jason Kidd. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little Drysdale. I'm sorry, you're a Yankee fan. He's been Whitey Ford this season. Little Maybe. Gidry. He's been tremendous. So just to show you off, Gordon, here's the question: Aaron Boone was asked, "What issues are you seeing?" With Jamison Tyone. What issues are you seeing with him? Now, I have to be honest. I have heard yes. this cut before. Oh, okay. So, I heard this cut this morning. So, you know, when he when he mentions slug, uh, you know, <laughs> just know he's not talking about the little things on the ground. That's not – he's talking about, like, slugging. So, okay. go ahead. Very good. Here's Booney on – here's Booney on Jamie. The mistakes are, are hurting them. You know, that's what we got to work to correct, you know, making sure when we do make a mistake that it's, you know, not into an area where it's getting slugged. That's really hurting them. Because I thought tonight is stuff. I thought tonight he threw the ball really well. I thought, you know, there was a lot of conviction. There were a lot of good pitches. The stuff was quality. It's just the mistakes are, are hurting them right now. And so we got to just kind of grind through that and make sure, you know, that when we're making mistakes, it's out of slug or balls or in that way. Thank you for clearing that up, Gordon. Yes. You, you, you slug. I haven't heard him use that term before. No, I hadn't either. That's a new one. He, but he, Tyone has been giving up the slug here lately. <laughs> he's given, I think he's given up more extra base hits than anybody in the last month. I mean, he's, he's been getting knocked around. And it wasn't just this start. It was the, yeah. the start against Oakland. It's been like last six or seven. It, it could be the innings again, right? Could be. I mean, maybe it's just a, a minor adjustment that he needs to make, but mm-hmm. you would think that if it was just a minor adjustment that he needs to make, he would have made it by, I mean, you're talking about almost nice. half the start. I mean, his, his ERA at one point was like low twos, and now it it's was. over four. So yeah. that tells you it's been a rough last six or seven starts. He's been the guy that, that when he's not right, he can't finish guys off, and they just foul off pitches until they get the one they can handle, and then they punish him. And that's what's been happening over his past couple starts. Yeah, it's troublesome because he's been he's he's been through a lot. He's been through a couple of Tommy John surgeries. He's been mm-hmm. through cancer, so he, he's got um, he's got a story that you're kind of rooting for. Uh, and it looked like the Yankees had kind of identified a young starter, and uh, he's not mm-hmm. that young anymore. But still, you thought that maybe he would really be a big piece here moving forward. And for the first you know first ten starts, everything was clicking, and yeah. now it's it's becoming a little bit troublesome. But you know, it's a little different with him, I think. I know he only threw, I think it was 73 or 75 innings last year, but he has had seasons where he's thrown, you know, in the in the 170s, the mm-hmm. 180s. Yeah. Now, it's not been maybe recently, but he has been able to do it. The other guy, you know, the last three years, Severino's not thrown anything. Yeah. Uh, Nestor has yeah. not really thrown 100 innings in his career before, so. No. Uh, maybe they can get him pointed in the right direction, and that's, when a guy's struggling, that's exactly what I expect Aaron Boone to say. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. He, Good he, stuff. Just yeah. little things. <laughs> that's him. That's 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 him taking care of his guys. That's mm-hmm. what he does very well. That's what he does very, very well. So tomorrow night, Gordon, you guys are um, have a series against Cincinnati stunning with Garrett Cole, huh? This is a series that I guess kind of like we were talking, like <laughs> like with the Mets and, and, and Pirates or the Mets and Marlins. You got to win this. Absolutely. Now, it's not it's – not, it's not as pressing because they got the big mm-hmm. lead, but I mean, look, look at how the Yankee fans are reacting to a split series against the Red Sox. <laughs> you lose to the worst team in baseball with Garrett Cole on the mound, they'll be hell to pay, Larry. They will be. 
Oh, my we'll, Lord. We'll be talking people off the ledge tomorrow. Oh, night, get this guy out of here. Get that guy out of here. <laughs> oh, get everybody Lord. out of here. Get them all out. Everybody's yep. fired. <laughs> Everybody. That's it. We're done. We're done with all you guys. We are absolutely done. So we'll see what happens. But listen, right now, just keep playing. Enjoy the ride, Gordon. Enjoy the ride. Oh, my Lord. I mean, you, you dream for a season like this. I know. And, and, and again, nobody who is saying enjoy this now is saying that later on doesn't matter. There's not a single person who's saying if the Yankees don't win the World Series that this season will be great and it'll be fun and it's been a success. Nobody is saying that. Everybody realizes that the Yankees must win the World Series. But, again, we don't play the World Series until October. Mm-hmm. We can't do anything about that right now. Maybe trades, but that's about it. But you can't fast forward the season. It's not a video game. You can't fast fo- fast forward to to uh, October first, unfortunately. So right. just ride it out, enjoy the ride for right now, because you know you turn on the games every single night, and generally the Yankees are winning. That's yeah. a good thing. That's, that's a good a, thing. That's a good thing. And, um, and also, don't allow yeah. the negative stuff to make you like you can enjoy the win even if Joey Gallo goes 0 for 4. Like you don't have to solely focus on Joey Gallo going 0 for 4. You can still enjoy the win or if a guy gives up a couple of runs, you can still enjoy the win. Enjoy the wins. See, the problem is when they lose. See, if Joey Gallo was hitting, we wouldn't oh, have lost this game. Lord. That that's what it becomes. That's really what it becomes. That's what it is. And again, I, I pointed this out last week when I was working with Dan. I think Yankee fans think that if they nitpick over the most minor issues surrounding the team that people will look at them and say, wow, you know, Yankee fans, they're really a hard judge. Boy, they they really drive a hard bargain. No, people look at you and think that you're ungrateful, spoiled, whiny, and you sound dumb. There's no other way to put it. Like, to be complaining about the ninth-place part-time hitter on a team that's 35 games over 500 does not make you seem like a tough judge. It makes you sound like you're just completely ungrateful for an amazing season that any team would sign up for. LeGreco was red as a tomato earlier today. <laughs> oh, that that doesn't really take much to get him red as tomato. <laughs> oh, but, but yeah, but, I was but a little it was worried about, about Yeah, I was yeah. concerned. I was EKG concerned. machine. They're gonna have to get one in the studio. Yeah, because the one at home, I I think he needs to bring it with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in case. Just, just in, in case. case. Can't be too um, sure. If Stanton's in the home run derby, does that bother you? Or you don't care? I don't want – I'll be honest with you. I don't want my guys doing anything. I want them all taking four days off to rest up and get – because mm-hmm. it all doesn't matter. I don't care about growing the game. I don't care about <laughs> the entertainment value of the normal fan. We all agree. The only thing that matters is winning the World Series. So don't do anything outside of that that might take away from that. And we've seen guys in the past go to the home run derby. It kind of messes up their swing for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't really even want my guys going to the all-star game. Now, yeah. some of the guys, I'm happy for them because they, they've never been there before. But, you know, it's almost like watching the tennis. I watched the, the, the men's final, and, oh, and, no, and Djokovic wins. Mm-hmm. And he's holding up the trophy like it's the first time he's ever – I mean, it's the seventh time I think he's won yeah. at Wimbledon. And yet he's reacting like it's still the first time. I got to be honest with you, Larry. If I've done anything six times before, by the time I get to the seventh one, I'll be like, yeah, that's fine. You know what? You win this one. I'm fine. I've I've got six of them at home. It's fine. You take it. For the first timers, I get it. Anybody else, I don't want them doing. I don't want Aaron Judge doing anything. I don't want Mm -hmm. Stanton doing anything. Nestor, enjoy the day. Yeah, Trevino, enjoy it. Enjoy it. You, You deserve it. You've earned it. Absolutely. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but you know what? That's that's that competitive edge, Gordon. And you wonder what uh, the Joker, the tennis Joker, went through that that we may not know about that sure. had him really I feel like, gosh, this is this really means a lot for me to get this. I'm in a similar situation with Pete Alonso. I respect Pete Alonso wanting to go for the three peat in the home run derby, uh, and compared to. Other sports like basketball, where we're dying for guys to participate in the slam dunk contest, you know, so for him to have the pride to say, you know, I want to go for the three-peat, you know, I respect him for that. But I got to be honest with you, Gordon, I would be okay if he didn't go. I would be okay because I need it. I need him. I'm selfish. I need him to get to where I want my team to go. And there's a possibility he goes there, he wins, he doesn't win, whatever, he comes back and everything's fine. Yeah. Why would you risk it? You've done yeah. it already. 
Uh, there's nothing. Twice. Yeah, <laughs> right. Being the first guy to win it three times in a row, you don't get a letter from the president for, to, 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 for, for that achievement. You know, it's just you've done it. Okay, great. You, you can hit home runs. We all know this. Yeah. So I, I, I am in agreement with you. I would be like, you know what? You've done it before. You've won it before. It's not in your hometown, right? The right LA, he's not right. an L.A. guy, is he? I don't mm-hmm. think so. No, but no. Uh, it's just, know, I, mean, I respect don't, him don't for one to do it. it. I don't respect him for one to do it. Look, I respect yeah. him. I respect him. But, you know, you, you take the time off. You know, it's not like Dom Rest Smith up. is not like Dom Smith is playing every day. <laughs> now, it would be one thing if he was taking the time off and he was babysitting uh, uh, Max Scherzer's dog. Uh, yeah. That would be one thing, right? Like right. that would be, have its own concerning moments mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. And, and things. But uh, no, I don't. I don't see the point of. You know, of doing let somebody that. else win. Exactly. You won it twice. Let somebody else win. It's right. okay. Somebody else's right. turn. Right. Yeah, please be, be fair. Suppose somebody had done it. You had the. You you know you wouldn't have got your two. Somebody had came back over and over and over again. But, you know, I digress. Gordon, when we return, we'll turn our attention to hoops. <laughs> I saw Brian Windhorst say, so what happens if the Nets can't trade Kevin Durant? I was like, oh, man, <laughs> where are we going with this situation? And Mike Greenberg has uh, unbelievable, I know you heard this, I'm going to share it for the audience, has an interesting take on Kevin Durant's legacy. We'll come back and hear from Greeny next on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Gordon, it's an interesting take. I just think that uh, <laughs> the Nets are playing hardball, and rightfully so. They have that. They have that right to do that. They want as much as they can get for this player because they understand what this player is, is brings to the table, and they do not want to be in a situation where they trade him and they're going to be a lottery team. They want to still have enough players and current players and future drafts that they can be continue the challenge for a playoff spot in the East. Yeah, because tanking does them no good, right? Like no. they don't have their picks for from now until forever. And it feels like this whole idea, well, you know, the the Nets could just hold on to Kevin. They don't have to trade him. That just feels like that feels like it has about as much sincerity as when you're on a, a road trip with the kids and you turn around and you tell them, you know, if you guys don't start behaving, I'm gonna turn this car around. <laughs> That's just what it sounds like. It sounds like you, you're looking to make a deal. The deal is not out there to be made. So now you're trying to create some leverage for yourself by telling the teams that are interested, well, you better bring some better offers than this. Otherwise, we'll just hold on to them. Now, there's the possibility. I, I know uh, Kendrick Perkins has floated out that this is just a, a mind game that that Durant is playing to get Kyrie Irving the money. He's looking. I, I don't know. But if he has requested a trade and he is looking to go elsewhere, the Nets are in a very difficult spot. And, and Sean Marks is in a next-to-impossible spot where he has to trade an All-Star to a team that already has All-Stars. Because if you don't have All-Stars, why would you be trading for Kevin Durant, right, if you're not mm-hmm. competing for a championship? But in the same way, he has to get back one of those All-Stars. Right. Because just getting draft picks doesn't help them because they need to win now at least at some degree. So he's in a very tough spot. The Utah trade with Rudy Gobert, that did not help his situation because now everything's going to be judged against that. Mm -hmm. So the Nets find themselves in a very difficult spot. And we will see just how – I don't think this is going to wrap up anytime soon. No. Mm -mm. But this idea that they're just going to hold on to Kevin Durant because that's what's in best – the Nets aren't the one that's driving this. Kevin Durant is the one who's requested the trade, so he's kind of driving it. He is kind of driving it, and we're still in the free agent period, Gordon. This is not going to get done to what September? Probably. This is not going to get done to a couple of weeks before camp starts. You know, then maybe. And to be honest, you know, with the summer league going on, who's to say that you know the Nets aren't scouting to see what some of these young players look like to be included? Not the main part of the deal, obviously. But for example, if we're, if we're hypothetically talking about Golden State, wouldn't you want to see what Kaminga's playing? In the summer league, you saw what he did a little bit in the the time he got playing in the regular season, started a playoff game for them. Wouldn't you want, if indeed, because you know that's one of the places that uh, Draymond has given his approval, that KD can come back. Yes, sure. Uh, You know, so this is one of the places. So you want to see what you have there, and then what else can you get? So you're right. This is what makes it so tough because – if you're if you're a team, I have to give up one of I'm trading one of my stars for this star, and I got to give up a, maybe a role player and some draft choices. Does that help me to win? Am I still going to be that good? And you know, Gordon, the other thing is, and look, we know how great KD is. He's arguably the best player in the league. 
Okay, we know how great he is, but 34, 35, Gordon? I mean, you know, how, oh, how yeah. long is that? How long right. is that that greatness going to continue? Now, of course, with you know, with modern techniques and medicine and you know, workouts and stuff like that, he could play maybe until he's forty. You never know. Maybe, but not, but not at the, the level he's leg getting paid, injuries, though. Yeah, but the lower leg injuries that he's had, Gordon. You you know, if you if you're a team, you gotta you gotta be a little concerned. Well, he's played ninety games over the last three years. Yeah. Yeah, Do you think he's going to be healthier moving forward? I don't think so. And again, uh-huh. you're locked in to top dollar. You're not getting any bargain. No, you, you, and you're not getting not. Kevin Durant for years four and three. You're getting him for years one and two. You're hoping that yeah. those in those two years, much like in the same way the Nets thought. The Nets thought uh-huh. within three years we'll have a championship. It all makes sense. Yeah. Didn't get absolutely. that championship. Speaking of trying to move a player, there's also Kyrie Irving. Gordon, remember him? Oh, teams are lining up, Larry, I'm sure. <laughs> Brian Windhorst was on Get Up this morning about a, a potential, and I keep hearing this all the time. I was on vacation. I kept hearing this, a potential Kyrie deal to the Lakers. I don't think that LeBron is, like, saying it's it's get me Kyrie Irving or else. I think LeBron is saying if you want us to have a chance, we have to upgrade this roster. With all due respect to Lonnie Walker the fourth, that's not – the upgrade that he's talking about. I think LeBron's position on this is reasonable. No matter how Westbrook got there, the team that they had last year didn't function well. Darvin Ham is going to make the best of it. That's his job as coach. LeBron will make the best of it. That's his job as player. But the reality is we know that that trio, even if Westbrook does revolutionize his game and sets some more screens, I'm not so sure that that's going to be a contender. Whereas with Kyrie, I can build you a, a case that they could they could do something. And I think that's the bottom line. Gordon, how tough is this sell for the Nets? If, if they would take, and we've had a lot of discussions and a lot of arguments from folks about Russell Westbrook and his performance and his consistency over the past couple of years. And I think we will all agree that he is he was not the same player last year that he's been in his prime. How bad do the Nets want to get rid of Kyrie if they make that deal? But that might be the only deal they, they have to make. Like, who else in their right mind, after watching what – where's the market for this guy? Who else would, in their right mind, get into bed with Kyrie Irving considering all the antics that he's pulled here in the three years where he was running the show in Brooklyn? I, I, it's almost kind of amazing that even L.A. Yeah, exactly. is willing to do it. Yeah. So yeah. I get what you're saying. Like, right. If you end up getting Russell Westbrook and a couple of picks a few years down the road, it's not a great deal, but that might be the only thing you can get. It's like it's addition by subtraction. Yes. That's how you're looking at it, if you're Marks. That's, and, and the owner. Because the owner is really the one that's like, okay, because you signed him. And, and listen, in, in essence, for the Lakers, they actually save money <laughs> because he's what, – what? What is Westbrook, $44 million this year? Right. <laughs> and, and look, if, if you're a Nets team where it's like a completely blank slate, mm-hmm. maybe bringing in, you know, Westbrook will be – if you give him the show to run by himself, mm-hmm. that kind of plays into his skill set. It's a little different because yeah, he can push and, the basketball and right. not wait for tempo and he can, he can be the – he because nobody questions – here's the thing, nobody questions his, his – Hard to play. He plays no. hard all the time. Yes. He just is not the shooter he was. But right. now if he can push the basketball and not wait for LeBron and push the basketball and create his own, he's going to be he's going to be a better player. Yeah. And, and, and look, maybe there's some entertainment value in, in seeing him do what he does because he can be individually, you know, spectacular with the triple doubles and, mm-hmm. and, and his effort and all that type of stuff. Now, I don't think it's going to lead you anywhere in the playoffs, but I think that ship has kind of sailed for Brooklyn. Yeah. Well, they're trying to see if they can rewrite that ship again. And I, I was looking at on Twitter yesterday, Gordon, they had the uh, marketing package for the for the Nets for um, ticket sales. Uh-huh. And the, and the photo was from left to right, Joe Harris, Ben Simmons, <laughs> KD in the middle. Okay. Uh, I believe it was, I want to say, Seth Curry... And then it was uh, Cam Thomas. I think that's what it was left okay. to right. So that's what they're selling. But and and you know, obviously well, they, maybe maybe they took that photo at a Nets home game last year. So that that's why. <laughs> no, these are, 
<laughs> no, these are just, you know, these are the headshots that they oh, take on Media you. Day. Right. And they just photoshopped them all into mm -hmm. there and say, you know, hey, by the way, net tickets, season tickets are on sale now. And it's like, you know what? That's that's a tough sell for you. That's, how do you sell the, that? The, the Nets must have the two players in the league who have the least trade value in mm. Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons. Like, who would in their wow. right mind trade for either of those guys and one's getting paid $35 million next year, and the other one is on a max contract. I mean, that that's something that the Knicks haven't even been able to do. <laughs> and they've had some. And, and they've, they've had, had some doozies. They've had some, yeah, they've had some low points. But two guys who nobody in the league in their right mind would trade for. Wow. And you, and you got to get them, and you got to move them. And you got to try to move them. Well, Simmons, I know they're going to keep because, I mean, you know. They gotta get something. For right, you can't get any. Right, nobody else is taking them. No, yeah. you didn't even want them, really. I mean, no, you were really. forced to take them. Yeah. So yeah. maybe, maybe that's what they're hoping that some other star player will eventually say, you know what, I gotta get out of here. I'm not playing for you anymore. And they eventually say, hey, are you? Can we interest you in a Ben Simmons, a lightly used Ben Simmons? <laughs> Low mileage. <laughs> we have we haven't used it at all. <laughs> yeah, we we haven't taken this, we haven't taken the no, bubble wrap off. Right, it's still no, good. No, still showroom still driven. on it. Still in the box. Still in the Lightly showroom. Used. Yep. Still in the showroom. You know, we're waiting for a buyer. Then we'll prep him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> After we get the buyer, we'll be okay. It, it's it's just it is unbelievable that this could happen to a franchise, Gordon, not once but twice. And it's kind of crazy as well, the amount of faith that Nets fans seem to have, and just NBA people, and, and Sean Marks. When yeah. I mean, he's the guy who's also helped you put you in this position. Yeah, yeah. People portray, portray it like he's like Lou Lamarillo, who's built things everywhere he's been. Yeah. He's done this, he's done that. I don't know, man. Yeah. Big big task ahead of him. It is, it is. And, and that's why there's a lot of pressure on him to try to make something work out of this deal. Because if not, it, it's a total failure on their part. This is ESPN New York Tonight.